Hello and welcome back to Top 5 Disco. I'm Josh. I'm Adam. And for those who are new to the podcast or returning fans, I know it's been uh, about a year since we last did this, so just want to remind people what we do here. Um, we're going to go over the year 2023 in music um, like we do every year now. We kind of do a retrospective. Adam and I kind of discuss uh, our favorite concerts of the year, our top five favorite songs of the year, and our top five favorite ABBA. Top five favorite ABBA. ABBA. Yeah, that would be, I mean, <laughs> listen, we, we're looking for new artists to do, so ABBA would be great. Uh, top five favorite albums, that'll be our, our final piece here. Again, with an asterisk that the top five favorite songs that we showcase are not from our top five favorite albums. Yeah, we want to showcase more artists and talk about as much music as possible. Yes. Um, Adam and I kind of swapped lists for our songs and albums unranked just so we were familiar enough with each other's favorite albums we could meaningfully discuss um but the concerts we actually haven't discussed at all yeah i'm pretty excited for this part of the podcast Same. Because, honestly it's, it's sometimes always my favorite yeah i think <laughs> it's fun to talk about artists we don't always get to talk about whether or not their albums either make our favorites or haven't had a new album in a while in a while sometimes just like the concert experience is clearly one of the things we love most about music and what we share right it's also different from what most of our podcast episodes are which are recorded music right this is a very specific Right. Uh, form of music that yeah. it's yeah it's fun to talk about definitely um so why don't we just go right into it let's not dilly dally yeah. i mean listen it's january the first snowfall of the year and the season is happening right, right. behind us yes <laughs> i'm feeling good i'm feeling cozy Same. so let's do our top five favorite concerts of 2023 I'm, I'm curious what made it your list you know we see a lot of concerts yeah a lot of concerts we see together Yes. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if any of those pop up on our lists. So let's go back and forth, five to one. Uh, why don't you start? Okay. A bit of a curveball from the top. Okay. Um, my number five favorite show of 2023 was seeing Turnstile. Whoa. Uh, open for Blink-182. Wow, at the, the disrespect Barclays to Blink-182. I know, You're giving I know. it to the opener. You're not even <laughs> including it as one show. Well, I think it helps Okay, we'll, we'll put talk it about on the it. list. We'll, but yes, Turnstile, <laughs> Barclay Center, May 24th. Great. So my number five favorite show uh, was seeing Weezer at Forest Hill Stadium uh, in Queens, New York in uh, July. Very nice. Uh, my number four favorite live show from 2023 was actually seeing Kings of Convenience at Whoa. Webster Hall on October 24th. Okay. It was a very memorable concert for, for many, many reasons, reasons. Yes. which we'll discuss. <laughs> okay, my number four favorite uh, Favorite show, we don't have to keep saying that, but uh, <laughs> this may upset some of my own friends, but number four was seeing Bruce Springsteen at Prudential Center in uh, Newark, New Jersey in April. Upset because it's not number one? Yeah, of course. Got it. Um, number three for me was seeing Always at the Pitchfork Festival uh, in Chicago uh, in July. Oh, Pitchfork Festival, memorable and frustrating situation for you. Yes. More me- stuff. It was better. Yeah. We'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, was that your three? Yeah. My number three is seeing The Cure at Madison Square Garden uh, in June of this I year. I forgot about that. Year. That's awesome. Um, number two for me was seeing Black Country New Road at the Knockdown Center awesome. in Queens on September awesome. 21st. My second favorite concert of the year was seeing the 1975 at Madison Square Garden as well in November, just recently. Awesome. Um, number one for me. Is seeing Weezer at Forest wow, Hill Stadium wow. in July. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm glad it's on both of our lists. Yeah. Um, I've been one, but absolutely. That's cool. Okay. And my number one, I don't know if you can guess this, but my number one concert experience of the year was seeing Taylor Swift oh, at of course. Empire, uh, Empower Field in Denver, that which makes, will be a, that quite the story. We'll get there. All right. 
Okay, let's start off with uh, my number five favorite show of 2023, seeing Turnstile at the Barclays Center. So, as I mentioned, uh, Turnstile was the second opener for Blink-182. After White Reaper. White Reaper. It was a great lineup, I will say. I mean, I didn't know White Reaper that well. I've told you, though, your band reminds me of White Reaper. You have said that before. Actually, the newest album is heavier, um, but Uh, still. What's the... Why is things so complicated? Is that called complicated? It's called Judy French. Okay, yeah. Good song. Oh, wait. Was that Pages? Oh, pages, that pages. is what it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, we're here to talk about Turnstile. <laughs> um, Turnstile released the album Glow On in 2021. Um, they're like a hardcore punk pop band. What would, how would you describe them? I don't know. That's kind of what's exciting about them is they yeah. have this hardcore metal, kind of new metal at times, but then times they're like shoegazy. Exactly. Times it's like dream pop. Yeah, yeah it's it's cool a blend of styles for sure. And so, yeah, I think the first time that I listened to that album, I was like, eh. But I just kept getting more and more into it. And regardless, when you know we saw Blink-182 was coming, regardless of who the openers were, we were going to go see them. Um, I wasn't necessarily expecting anything in particular from seeing Turnstile. And I think that's what made this so amazing is that it just came out of nowhere and they blew me away. Yeah. They basically played the whole album. They have a couple other albums besides glow on, but they played the whole album. I could tell something was shifting in you when you were seeing them. I you know. Kept being like these guys are amazing. I know. I feel like I was standing up at one point. You were still sitting down, but you might've been yeah doing something for work. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but basically, yeah. I mean, again, if we had to compare them to blink 182 and throwing blink shade, I mean, blink 182, I would say is past their prime. They just are. Past their prime. And, and so seeing Turnstile, we're seeing a band that I think is in their prime. That's interesting. I mean, we'll talk about honorable mentions briefly at the yes. end. Blink-22 is an honorable mention of me of mine. Sure. Blink-22 is one of my favorite bands. Absolutely. Bar none. I still think musically they had great chops. Their stage banter, however, was cringy as fuck. Just like the because... sophomoric dick jokes... <laughs> It's that even so at there. the time was kind of annoying. Yeah. Like even in the recorded live album, you're just like, oh God, these guys. But now they're like 50. <laughs> I'm a and wiener. Yeah, they're just, peanut butter they're on just my wiener. doing stupid shit. That kind of stuff took me out of the concert, which is too bad because like they sounded great. They played so many great songs I loved. Anyway, we're not here it's to talk it, about Blink. Well, but. it's interesting because, I mean, well, we're, we're talking about Blink. <laughs> this is how it goes. We go on tangents. But. Um you said that, I mean, yeah, they sounded great musically, but they just are older. And so their voices are not uh-huh. as good. I, I, I don't think that they were as tight. Um, so anyway, but yes, I do think that the Blink-182, like knowing that I was about to see Blink after that, it helped elevate the whole experience of even just, mm-hmm. I was seeing Turnstile and I was going to see this other great band after. So regardless, talking about Turnstile, they just... They're kind of a motley crew up there. Everyone's yeah. like jumping around. They look very distinct. Crazy They're energy. So, so tight. They were really, truly very tight. The lead singer sounded great doing both his singing and his screaming, which again is like, is one of the, I think, fun things about their sound. Uh, again, you know, Travis Barker was coming up next, but the drummer of Turnstile felt like a disciple of Travis Barker. Shirt off. Do you know his name? No, do you? No. 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> but Props like, to that guy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he sounded amazing. You know, huge drum set. He had a killer solo in the set. Um, I'm sure Travis Barker would have been proud. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it's like, I, I'm just, th- there's not much else to say. I would just uh, truly, strongly advise anyone to go see Turnstile. Um, if you like that record, they sound just perfect. There, there's nothing shaky about them. It was an amazing performance. It was electrifying. It was. They're from Baltimore, I think. They're yes. still pretty young and pretty up and coming. Obviously, their their last album got a ton of press. By the way, do you know? You actually kind of got me into the show. The I think you should leave. Do you yeah. know their song in uh, that episode? Turnstile has a song in. Uh, you don't remember the Shirt Brother episode? Where he's like, "Do you think that?" There are rules. I heard this song, and the guy puts the, the headphones on him, and it's it's them. It's Turnstile. This isn't the Tum Tuggers or whatever the no. <laughs> this is the Shirt Brother, sure. where he's the older guy wrecks the playroom at the school. Anyway, I don't, but I actually we'll kinda rem- I kind of remember the Shirt Brother. <laughs> <laughs> we'll watch it later, and it, yeah, it's a great Turnstile song. Anyway, that. I'm excited to return to that album. Yeah. I haven't in a, in a couple of years. I'm assuming they'll have a new album out soon, in which case I'll go back to it. But yes, great show. Yeah. I, I agreed. Good pick. All right, skipping ahead to my number four favorite uh, concert of 2023. That'd be Bruce Springsteen at the Prudential Center in New York. So I think last year, last year in when we were recapping 2022, we also recapped live streams in 2020 right. and some 2021 stuff. We didn't rank anything. Yeah. We spoke about it. And actually, Bruce's on Broadway, his Broadway show made my top five concert lists for 2021. Yeah. That was like my first show post-COVID where it was, it was wild. It was incredibly special, unbelievable show. He showed me that in his 70s, the man has it. He yeah. is just an unbelievable performer, singer, songwriter, everything. But I hadn't actually seen a regular Bruce Springsteen rock show with the E Street Band in almost 15 years. We actually saw them together with our family. I remember that. Uh, I think it was 2008 or uh, I think it was 2009. It was uh, his 60th, 60th birthday, right? Okay. Or six, wait. Yep, that, that's correct. Because he, he was born 49. So 2009 okay. is when we saw him. Um, and that was actually when Clarence Clements was still with the band and alive. So that was that pretty right? special. Yeah. I don't know he that. died like a year later. Huh. Um, as I discussed last time, we don't need to get too far into it, but um, I've become a mega Springsteen fan over the last five years. A yep. huge thanks and hugely in part to our friend Tom. Tom, who's been on the podcast mm-hmm. uh, before. Um, anyway, back to the specific show. I don't know how much you were aware of this, but there were there was tons of discourse last year about Springsteen and tickets, ticket pricing. Springsteen had always been like for the working man and like yeah. the tickets were always That's his brand. cheap and cheaper than any other band his size. And this year, post-COVID, they just ruined it all. Now, Not is only, that because, was this touted couple, as there's his a couple, like final? No, there's a couple no? theories about it. First of all, the big issue was the dynamic pricing. He allowed Ticketmaster to do this thing where the, price of the tickets would actually rise based on demand hmm. so these tickets were going for thousands and tens of thousands i think at one point wow. dollar like absolutely insane so demoralizing so so pathetic honestly it was so frustrating 
I didn't get any tickets to his shows. I ended up getting tickets to go to Sweden because right, they were like that. more affordable there. I didn't end up going to Sweden. But anyway, <clears throat> there was also discourse about how his set lists aren't changing. He's, he's known for doing three, four, his longest concert was four hours, 15 minutes or something like that. Wow. These long concerts where every single night the set list is vastly changing. He's pulling out deep cuts. He's pulling out B-sides. He's like, anyway, there's also been discourse about how like the set lists are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a greatest hit set. It's like, what is Which happening? Which is not what he usually does. No, right? not at all. Yeah. And it's like, what is happening to Springsteen and the boys? Mm. Not just boys, boys and girls, um, the <laughs> band. Um, so anyway, I went into this being like, wow, like I'm at a time where I, my Springsteen fandom is at like an all time high. Yeah. But he's he's doing the exact opposite of things I love in shows. Mm. <clears throat> anyway, so I was not 100% thrilled about all this, but he was coming to New Jersey. To see Bruce Springsteen in New Jersey is a special, okay? So anyway, the day of the concert, I did not have tickets. The day of the concert, I drove up to the venue as close as I could find and just parked there and the night of the show I just was refreshing every second on the ticket pages waiting for a resale ticket to drop to a price that I felt was fair and affordable like 10 minutes before the concert starts there's no opener I get the tickets so I'm freaking out I just got one ticket Um, that just goes to show I mean if you're dedicated dreams (laughs) dreams can come true true. you know miracles can happen yes if you really are are, if you believe yeah was that a prince of egypt reference (laughs) um okay so just getting into it he's no longer doing three and a half hour four hour shows but he's still doing two hours and 45 minutes like the man is still killing it 27 songs and sorry this again so this is You've only now seen Bruce three times. This yes. this was your third time seeing Correct. him. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I'm regretting a lot of years of my life There's, not I seeing mean, him. No, I'm sure but, this uh, made up for it. You know, he's got a ton of albums. They covered like nine albums. It's mostly a greatest hits set. Mm-hmm. But even a Springsteen greatest hits set, these are like some of the best rock songs in the history of rock and roll. Okay. So it is a sight to behold. It is a sound to behold. The mm-hmm. E Street Band are incredible. I mean, you were just talking about Blink-182 being out of their prime. These guys are in their 60s and I 70s, know, and they still sound amazing, incredibly tight, unbelievable talent. Um, not only was it just a great set, there were some surprises. Like for the Jersey set, they played like Local Hero, which is kind of a, a crazy deep cut from the 90s, and Jersey Girl, which is a Tom Waits cover. There were some songs I did not expect to hear at all, like the E Street Shuffle and Kitty's Back from a second album, Candy's Room, stuff like that. Anyway... Even going completely solo, even a shorter Springsteen set, even mostly a greatest hit set, and then four songs from Letter to You, his newest album, which is very good, by the way. I was I was just in heaven. I mean, just this, you are seeing history. You are yeah. seeing one of the greatest bands and artists to ever do it. And it just, it just had to be. He's a legend. Best. He's a legend. Do you want to talk at all about Tom Rankin and being called <laughs> out by Bruce Springsteen for his oh, birthday? Yeah. So our friend Tom that I discussed, yes. So Tom went to Sweden, the shows I couldn't go to. And in one of the concerts he went to it was his birthday and he, i think his friend had a sign and bruce springsteen in the middle of mary's place they're like chatting and he talks with him and he gives him a guitar pick and tom's anyway. face is yeah. like on the huge screen in sweden Megatron. anyway i just figured tom would appreciate that oh that. absolutely <laughs> shout out to tom for for all of the springsteen uh joy that has come into my life Okay, now let's talk about my number four concert of 2023, singing Kings of Convenience at Webster Hall. A friend is on means You must get somewhere Some might notice Friendship is men What do you know? It happened again 
So this was another show that you and I saw together uh, pretty recently. This was in October. Um, this was an exciting one, something that I was anticipating because uh, this is a band that came out with an album in 2021, uh, Peace, Peace or Love, mm-hmm. um, which even though I don't actually think from whatever list I broadcast to the world over social media, <laughs> I don't think it actually made my top five. It should have. Because yes. it was something that I think continued to grow on me yeah. even after that year. Um, I really love that album. Um, Kings of Convenience is a Norwegian indie folk duo uh, comprised of Eirik and Arlen. I actually, I don't know their last names, but um, these two guys, beautiful, gentle voices, harmonies, double acoustic pickings. It's like, what else could I want? Um, Though that album you mentioned, Peace or Love, was their first album in 14 years, I believe. So it was also like a comeback record for them. So the album, first album, 14 years, and they hadn't been back to the U.S. in 12 years. Right. Um, so it was no question that Josh and I had to go see this. Um, and yeah, as we alluded to when we were sort of listing these off, this was no doubt, regardless of the, you know, quality of the music that we saw, this was a very memorable concert (laughs) for multiple reasons before I even get into the music. Some of those reasons was what took it off my list. For sure. Which I remember even at the moment, I was like, I came away with maybe a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth, but. It's just, I'm going to remember it forever. And truly, like, they did sound incredible. Yeah, and and it felt very special. But before, again, before getting into the music, f- I'm pretty sure five people over yeah. the course of the night, one of them, I don't think you had gotten there yet, oh. five people collapsed. Yeah, fainted. From dehydration or the something? Heat. I think it was the heat was blasting in this room. It was because we were actually the second show. Yes. And they said the first show, it was too cold. So I think they told the management of the venue, like, you need to turn the heat. Yeah, literally in the, I mean, what was so strange about this is, I mean, as we just said, five people collapsed. So, like, there were so many pauses. Like, in the middle of the song, they had to pause. And so Eric mentioned, as Josh just said, that he he was basically like, I'm sorry, I think this is because... You know, yesterday it was, you know, too, too cold, cold and we, we heard them. we heard the air conditioner or something like that. So we asked them to turn it down and maybe that's why everyone says it, it was I was like in a sweatshirt. I wasn't I, I, wasn't. Didn't, I didn't really get yeah, it. But we weren't drinking like most people were. And like, I don't know. It's possible. But, but even that, it, it was like, would you ever expect at this type no. of show that right. you'd be so like, you think of like going to like Coachella <laughs> yeah, exactly. or, or something where but people are like tripping like, and, yes, and you're seeing <laughs> these like twee. Uh, buttoned up uh, Norwegian guys playing beautiful folk music and like every five seconds people are freaking out because people are fainting in the yeah. audience. It's just and like, can we get water over here? Can we get these people it out? Was it was really scary. It was weird and it was really disappointing because it was breaking up yeah. what was just gorgeous music and also you could see it start to get to the performers and that was the hardest part to swallow was that they were getting annoyed. Well, it was... So, yeah, the next thing I was going to bring up, this is, I didn't exactly see it as it had to do with, you know, the show being broken up by people, you know, collapsing or anything, but maybe, maybe it was a piece of it. But basically, Arlen, one of the two guys, eventually at one point called the audience out for not like dancing along to some of their music. And then eventually like took it, it took it back and it was was like, I was just joking. Yeah, but, but he was he was just like, we spent so long trying to get visas for this, oh, yeah. you know, for this show. Almost like the least you could do is like Dance show up. Along. And it was it was weird. It was weird because I thought the audience was extremely attentive right. for this type of music. Like they're like, this isn't the type of show it's where you would expect. there was a section where they had like 
a, a, a drummer band, and bassist which, which actually out. I really enjoyed. Which again, I'll talk about. We haven't really talked about the music, but <laughs> but yes. And then one last thing was that there was a always. Uh, Wherever I stand, there's someone doing something weird next to me. It's our curse. Um, and it wasn't anyone that was, you know, talking loudly, thankfully. But there was a guy right next to me who was whistling all the <laughs> tunes. It's just like I've never, I've never seen that. What's worse, whistling or someone singing out of tune? Out of tune in your ear. Probably the latter, but it still was a first. And so, anyway, all those things made it very sort of a memorable. Lot of this from... year, we had the John Mayer concert where the guy behind us was whispering to his girlfriend, "He's going to play the song." Oh next. my god, that was like he knew the set list, that and he was, was like, "Oh, oh, I know this guitar, I know this capo. Yeah. It's going to be the song." Yeah. And we're just like, like, "Oh, can we ru- please, yeah, ruining no the surprise of the song." Anyway, anyway the music was absolutely gorgeous. Yes, they was. are extremely tight. They are the type of artists where I think you can just put your trust in them. They will sound perfect. They're like metronomes on their picked guitar parts. They create such, I mean, you what you hear on the record is what you hear live because, I mean, as their type of sound sounds live on the record. And like they can create such a full sound just with two it's guitars lush, yeah. and two voices. Um, there were a lot of songs I didn't know because really I knew Peace or Love. Um, but it's one of those things where I came away being like, I'm excited to check all these mm-hmm. new songs out. And then, as Josh said, there were sections where they actually brought a band out. And even when they were grooving, I was I was kind of into it. I'm like, I was I was excited that they could also do that when that's not yeah. the type of music that I knew of theirs. But anyway, whenever Kings of Convenience comes back to the U.S., I would highly suggest going to see them. I would highly suggest going to check out their records, especially Peace or Love. Uh, hopefully they'll do another one. I don't know if this was just a one-off or if they're excited or if that show turned them off. Of, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But uh, anyway, I had to, I had to, you know, call it out. Yeah, and also shout out to our brother-in-law Spencer. I actually don't remember if he introduced me to Kings of Convenience or we bonded over the fact that we were in, into uh, their last, not this past record, but the last record, uh, Declarations of Dependence. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All right, my third favorite concert of 2023 was seeing The Cure at Madison Square Garden in New York City. So Robert Smith is my hero. Hmm. I mean, we were just talking about all the bullshit with Springsteen and ticket prices, this, that, and the other. Robert Smith on this tour was doing the exact opposite. He was fighting and battling Ticketmaster to get his prices further and further down. Hmm. Again, The Cure, huge band. Springsteen is a huge artist also. The Cure, I don't know if you can really compare them, but like The Cure globally are probably just as huge as Springsteen, mm. I would say. Um, they're also selling out Madison Square Garden multiple nights, right? Yep. Um, not only did he lower the prices where it was good, after I bought the tickets, he got Ticketmaster to send refunds to everyone. That's to get crazy. It even. That sounds like a first. It's amazing. I can't believe <laughs> he did it. But anyway, similarly to Bruce Springsteen, I've become a mega Cure fan within yeah. the last five, ten years. This time, and thanks to my friend Sean, mm-hmm. who was kind of my Cure Sherpa, <laughs> um, bringing me through their discography. Um, the two of us, uh, Adam, we saw The Cure briefly at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction back in 2019 with our with our uncle, and they sounded incredible. Yeah. I remember being like, wow, they sound just as good. Like, yeah, I, I don't know them that well, but he sounds exactly he sounds like perfect. he sounded The band sounds ago. incredible. Um, 
when we were talking about set length, they played 30 songs. Wow. All, three hours. They were. It was technically a tour. It was billed as songs from a lost world. They've been talking about their album Songs for a Lost World or Lost World. Oh, this world. is the one that hasn't come out yet? It still has not come <laughs> out yet. It has been now... This will be 16 years since the last Cure album. Wow. They have not put out new music. But anyway, the new music was great. Like... I thought a lot of the songs held up to the other material. Wait, so how many of the of these new songs that have not been released yet? Five or six. Like really? it was a, they played a lot of new stuff. Cool. Um, anyway, The Cure has an incredible catalog. They're an incredible band. They have a lot of different phases. Like they have their kind of dark, doomy, goth, goth rock kind mm-hmm. of vibe. They've got their post-punk stuff. They've got their kind of peppy and poppy um, kind of new wave stuff. They do it all. They have an insane amount of hits. Um, an insane amount of deep cuts. I was so happy to hear all these songs I never thought I'd ever hear, like the deeper cuts like Push, The Song Disintegration, uh, Play for Today, From the Edge of Deep Green Sea. So many songs. I saw it with Sean I just spoke about and Tom, awesome. the, the three of us together. Um, we were just in, in absolute heaven. It was a perfect show. Just like heaven. Well said. <laughs> all right. My third favorite uh, concert from 2023 was seeing Always at the Pitchfork Festival in Chicago, Illinois. Is it confirmed that it's always and not all phase? <laughs> yes. Okay. Just like uh, Waves? Howdy, not oh, how, Havdi. Right. Havdi yes. um, and I think there's, a, there's more like that. But yes, um, always. I'm jealous. I got into their Blue Rev album yep. later in the year last year. Um, it didn't make any of my lists because it was too late, but I was like, oh my God, this is a great record. Absolutely. They um, There was a concert that I really wish that we were able to see where uh, I believe they played with Alex G, but it was taking place over the time that we were in Rhode Island Uh, uh, with our family this year. So the fact that uh, I was still able to see them um, at the Pitchfork Festival was was huge for me um, because, yeah, I've become a huge fan of all of their music, all their albums over the last four or five years or so. Um, But honestly, before, before I get to Always... Just like Turnstile and Blink-182, I think together it helped kind of make that, you know, one of my top five experiences. I just want to sort of shout out the Pitchfork Festival as a whole. This was the first time I had been there. and it, In a positive way. Absolutely. Oh, this was the best festival I've ever been to. Wow. Um, absolutely. I mean, maybe, maybe I wouldn't say I shit on Pitchfork. In general, <laughs> I like... Well, as a music publication. Yeah, because of, everyone, they're, they're not anymore, really, but they used to be quite snobbish. Well, it's not even... Stop, I just think that there are a lot of people that you know, take their word as gold and it's yes. like form your own opinions. Yes, we but know people. anyway, I'll get off that little soapbox. Um, they put together a great festival. Um, in terms of just lineup in a matter of only two days, I saw uh, perfume genius, always the smile, oh, yes. uh, MJ Lenderman. Well, the wa- smile didn't make either of our lists. Uh, in terms of what our top five shows. It's true, but honestly, I guess I'll, I'll I'll lump it all in here. Okay. Um, Wise Blood and Big Thief, and yes, as Josh alluded to earlier, um, that maybe I I was frustrated a little bit because uh, for a couple hours the festival actually got rained out. I was supposed to see Julia, Julia Jacqueline, Jacqueline, who I have seen before, but my God, I love that. 
love that woman. And uh, who's made our list twice? Yeah, maybe your list twice. Yeah, yeah, very true. Yes, uh, her last two albums have have been on my top um, five for the years that they came out. Um, and also snail. It would have been a toss up between Julia Jacqueline or Snail Mail. I would have had to choose one. I would have seen Julia, but Snail Mail would have also been there. Um, and Sunday, which I didn't go to, Bonnie Vera was playing. So just a lot of music that. I'm very into it. was just like it you ended had, up seeing snail mail this year, though. I saw I'll get to uh, it. Yes, true. <laughs> I, I also actually while I was there, um, I saw her like kind of put on like a DJ set, Ooh. which it wasn't even at the festival. It was at some other like club that, that I went to with my friend. And regardless. OK, so I saw all these artists in two days. I really I know we've talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. We sometimes have different feelings about festivals. I know that you've yeah. had a lot of not great experiences it's just like being a kid in a candy store. Mm. The fact that in a, two days I'm able to see all of these artists, many of whom I've never seen before, I'm just like smiling the whole mm. time. It's amazing. Speaking of the smile. Um, <laughs> but another reason why the festival was so good is that the stages were very close together and it was organized so well such that there was no sound bleed, but it was very easy to get over to that's the next one. That's huge. And that's one of the issues I usually have with festivals is yeah. that if you want any sort of good seat or standing position to see a show you're either missing the show before it or after it or yeah you're just stuck kind of in the back for every show running from show to show not really getting a good sound or good or good uh, seat absolutely i mean if if maybe if you weren't like us where we you know would like to be as close as possible for every show you really could find one spot and just kind of pivot yourself wow. from like one stage or one show to the next show anyway um always uh they they just they just blew me away. They you know as I mentioned, um, they've got they've got three albums, and I think with each album they've sort of upped their production, like the level of production. But they started with a, a very lo-fi sound. But regardless, to see them live, this is the first time I'd seen them live. They are just a rock band, and they were so powerful. It was really exciting to see the difference of their recorded music and that lo-fi sound and then what they can do with it live. Did they play some of their older lo-fi stuff in the yes. vein of the newer, more produced, rockier? Definitely. I mean, I w it's not even... I don't even know how much the songs changed. Mm -hmm. Like, they changed it for live. I think it was just seeing it with live sound mm -hmm. and seeing them perform it. Yeah, the probably the way that they performed it on record, but because of the production and the mix, it just sounds more lo-fi. Mm -hmm. There was something about just seeing it live that um, was extremely exciting and invigorating. Um, and the whole production, like, all of the members of the band, it was perfect. The background vocals, the synths, the drums, the guitar, like, I mean, yeah, everything that makes up the production <laughs> of a rock show. Um, Molly Rankin sounded perfect, even better, honestly, than on record. She's so cool. The singer. Yeah, the singer. Uh, not, no, no relation to Tom Rankin. <laughs> um, Lucky. I know. Uh, yeah, I was, I was so invested. I didn't want it to end. It was a great set list. Um, not much more to say there, except if you have an opportunity to see Always, go see him all right we're up to my second favorite show of 2023 and that was seeing the 1975 also at madison square garden in new york city
So when making these lists, we kind of already alluded to it. I, I want to include shows that I'll remember forever and not just great shows that kind of pass pass by um, or whatever. Um, I really want like things that are truly experiences. And this was an experience. Yeah. I know for you. I was there, by the way. Uh, yeah, sorry. Adam was there. And I don't <laughs> think he was 100% on board with the experience. You maybe can speak to that. No? Oh, it depends what you mean. Well, I was going to say is... Do you mean the naked Matt Healy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me, let me get okay. into it. So I've talked about, we've talked about the 1975 extensively on last podcast yep. because um, being funny in a foreign language, their last record was in my top five. Um, last year, I mean, I was obsessed with that album. Like, honestly, five may have been too low. Um, last year, I couldn't make the concert because it was this, the New York show was the same week as my wedding. Like, it just would not have happened. <laughs> I was trying to convince Aaron It, it was to, right after, right? It was, it was like two days before uh, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's worse. <laughs> I was trying to convince uh, my wife to drive eight hours with me to go see them in Pittsburgh. That did not pan out. I even tried to push her to be like, hey, honey, like, on your birthday, they're playing in Ireland. Like, I don't know. You want to go to Ireland? You're Irish. <laughs> yeah. Um, that didn't work either. Anyway, luckily, the Cosmos listened to me, and they announced the second leg in 2023. Um, the, what I was alluding to about I didn't feel like you were on necessarily 100% on board was because this show, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's it's partially concert. It's partially performance art. It's, it's like an interactive stage play and kind of meta commentary on the band and Matt Healy as a performer. Mm. Um, the whole show takes place in like a, a house. Like there's a house on stage. That like was unbelievable set. That was one of the coolest things I've oh, ever I'm glad seen. You like that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh my God. The, the, yeah, the set as if it was like a play yeah. was amazing and such an added element that elevated the show for sure. Oh, great. I thought you were having issue with kind of the performance art aspect of it. I mean, so t from what I remember, those perform those like performative artsy elements. I, I don't think it was too much. Like okay, it, it wasn't all. all right, the so time. I'm glad I misread oh, you. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I came away from the I show guess, thinking it was amazing. Oh, amazing! I mean, it didn't make my list. But. <laughs> <laughs> what I didn't really say was besides the band just like playing in a house. Matt Healy, the lead singer and you know co lead songwriter throughout the show is kind of walking around binge drinking smoking, yeah, smoking sitting on the cigarettes. couch playing chess he's just like wandering about the house you're right okay i know what you mean it's performative it's pretty performative and <laughs> is like, that different than the other i don't know how many yes, times you've seen this is, before. they've never they usually just play a concert like a rock concert this was completely new okay for them that's not they his were, vibe usually no i mean okay. he's got other vibes but right. was, this was not the vibe <laughs> okay. i mean what at times was kind of interesting was he was getting, I, he, he was like binge drinking. Like every, after every song, he was like taking a shot of whiskey. And I'm like, is this, is he really doing this? Yeah, and he definitely seemed. Looking like he was drunk on yeah. stage. And yeah. And at times he also, at one point he got really emotional and just like yeah. stopped in the middle of the song and started crying. And it was kind of like, is this real? Yeah. Is this show? Maybe right. that's the point is it's kind of blurring that lines. Mm -hmm. And there's a part where like there are TVs in the house and they're all showing video footage of him on a previous tour. There's something going on yeah, there. So I'm those, not going to pretend those, like I... Those were the moments yeah. where I was like, I don't need this. Okay. So, but outside of that, just the, just the spectacle of watching this band who sounded incredible playing in this beautiful space. Like normally you see a concert, it's like, oh, it's cool lights. Oh, there's a cool screen. This is like... 
you're seeing like a Broadway level stage production yeah. with a band inside. Yeah. It was so interesting, so cool. There were times I didn't know what was happening. Like he was climbing the roof of the house. Yes. There was a time where all of a sudden one of their songs, this random guy starts singing it instead of Matt Healy. I find out later it was his father. Oh yeah. I thought I heard that again, similar to the John Mayer thing. Oh, there was someone, someone behind, behind us that yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. I think that's his dad. Yeah. So I, I, it was a show where I kind of had this feeling of, Besides the set list, even in the show itself, I didn't know what was going to happen next. And that yeah. was super exciting. Um, at the end of the day, though, the music and the band, like I said, were just top notch. It was yeah. pure bliss seeing some of these songs live for the first time. Because yep. I actually, their last album, um, Notes on a Conditional Form, came out in 2020. I had tickets to see them twice on that tour. They canceled the show because of uh, pandemic. Yep. Um, so they have two albums worth of music that I had not seen live. This is now my third time seeing them. Oh my God. Seeing happiness live yeah. for the first time. I'm in love with you. Oh, Caroline, if you're too shy, like these songs, seeing them live again for the first time was just, I was just in, in absolute heaven. And then songs that I have seen live still seeing like, love it. If we made it live. Oh my God. That was just kind of transcendent. Yeah. I mean, that also, light wise and there's a lot of cool stuff going on sincerity is scary it's not living the sound like they when they hit they just they just hit i mean their sound yeah, is I mean, for me the best moments were definitely when it was full band mm -hmm. 80s yeah grooving uh and honestly the audience made it that much more electrifying mm. for some of those things uh, for some of those, yeah, songs, like especially... The audience was so into it, yeah. but unlike some of the other shows like Arctic Monkeys, hmm. when every single person around me was on their phone yeah. for whatever reason, I didn't really feel that way by the 1975. The, the people were in it. People were really into this show and into the band and knowing every word. Yeah. And sometimes that, that, that completely makes it. Um, yeah, not much more to say. I mean... The, the last the last song they played they kind of went to like this B section oh, yeah. in the middle of the stadium or the arena and they played People mm -hmm. which is like their random hardcore punk track that opens notes never thought I'd see them play that live ever because it doesn't fit really with the rest of their music and that's yeah. kind of why they probably put it at the end also because I'm sure his voice is shot after that right, right? completely <laughs> shredded so I mean we just ended on, on a high note I, I that show could have been number one Okay, now on to my number two concert, uh, Black Country New Road at the Knockdown Center in Queens. Like a returning listener to the podcast, you might remember that both my and Josh's, uh, is that grammatically correct? Both of our favorite albums of 2022 <laughs> um, was Ants From Up There by Black Country New Road. Um, incredible, virtuosic, mm, masterpiece work. of an album. Yes. Um, if you want to deep dive into that, we did it for you. Yes. <laughs> Go back and listen to our 2022 retrospective. Um, but shortly before that album, like I believe, was even dropped, before it released. the lead singer, Isaac Wood, left the band due to mental health issues, which was tragic for both of us that we would never be able to see that music yeah. because I don't, I don't believe... Well, okay. So <laughs> he left the band and 
the question was like, you know, what happens next? And what happens next is that the rest of the band stayed together. Yeah. And very rare. But for I don't that to happen with such a singular singer. And I don't know if it's if it was the rest of the band's choice, if Isaac, you know, said they couldn't do that. I don't know what the reason was, but they are not playing any of the music that Isaac was a part of anymore. Um, so I don't know. That's Heart, just sort of archived. Yeah. Um, but I so respect that the band was like, we still have this unit. We're still going to write new music. Right. And we're, that's exactly what they did. We can do this. Yes. So with Isaac out of the band, they started sharing vocal duties uh, between Tyler Hyde, the bass player, May Kershaw, the pianist, and Lewis Evans, uh, the woodwind player. And they wrote and recorded all this new music. And again, in sort of a unique move, um, they released a live album of new material at the beginning of this year. There's no sort of pristine recorded version. It's all on this live record, uh, live at Bush Hall. Um we both listened to it, I think at the same time, probably. And in general, early on, you know, I liked it. I didn't love it. Yeah. Certainly didn't, you know. <laughs> it's an honorable mention for me. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, I don't think it compared to Ants From Up There. Um, regardless, though, the fact that I loved Ants From Up There so much, I needed to see this band in general. Regardless of what they did, I needed to see these members who produced Ants From Up There. Um, so we got tickets. We saw them. They basically played the entire live album um, except for the song "Wrong the Wrong Trousers," which right. is fine because it's probably one of the lesser good songs, <laughs> and they played two oh new songs, which I, I checked out with FM. They're called 24 7 365 British Summertime" <laughs> and "Nancy Tries to Take the Night," and both of these songs got me so unbelievably excited for What's what they next? release next. Yeah. They were, they just they sounded crazy. They sounded sick. They were. They were very them, very fluttery, going through different types of signatures. kind of progressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very excited for that. And then again, all the album tracks that they played, um, seeing it live, it, it as uh, often happens, it elevated this album for me. Totally. Um, Even songs like, I, one of my favorite songs on the live record is Across the Pond, yes. Friend. However, the yeah. singer is not the strongest. No. He's a little out of tune. Uh, Lewis, he's, he just sounds kind of nasally. Right. So Fine. Yeah, no, but anyway, but, but seeing that live was actually one of the favorite parts of the concert. I fully agree. He, Not, he killed it. He killed it. The audience was loving it. And just hear, like hearing the power of that yes. chorus was and the, so... the little vocal changes that he was doing, again, after playing this, I'm sure, for like a year now, yeah. they changed things up a little bit. Um, but yeah, just again, they're so sophisticated. These All these musicians are top notch. I love them all. The, I don't know their names well, but the pianist. May. I was just going to say, like, she's amazing. Because my two favorite songs on the album are The Boy and Turbines yeah, pigs, slash Pigs. Yeah. Um, they were both incredible. Um, yeah, this is, you know, a Joshism, but I'm just so <laughs> proud of them. Yeah. I'm just so <laughs> proud of them for uh, not letting Isaac's departure, you know, stop this band. And being so at like... They're they're touring and selling out shows. They were doing this without people knowing what the songs were going to be. Yeah, like they toured and sold out runs of shows just on the basis of what they had done, but going in being very forthright that they were not playing any of that music. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. They just announced another tour for April. Um, I'm curious if they're going to continue to roll out new music and put out a new album. Or if it's going to be the same exact set list that we did last year. Yeah. Or if, for whatever reason, they bring back 
older music or if Isaac comes back. I don't really know. They right. haven't really right. said much. I'm interested. I wonder if they're just going to maybe their new thing is to only release sort of, you know, new material live. That would be tragic. But you think? <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, those new, like you said, those two new songs partially were the best part of the show because yeah. you were just like watching new beautiful compositions come to life for the first time in your ears. Like. For sure. <laughs> and honestly, one other aspect here is uh, the location. I didn't oh, know yeah. what to expect from the Knockdown Center. I had been there once before in a different room, seeing some random bleepy bloopy artist. I don't know if you remember a show that made one of my lists probably 2017 or 2018 yes. was Mount Erie. Yes, I do. Yeah. At Knockdown Center. Was, so that was the same exact venue. Yeah. Which may, uh, I mean, it makes seated, sense. But yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I loved the atmosphere it's like it feels like you're in a barn almost with Definitely. sort of the way the roof barn like warehouse vibes cool lighting and the audience was great as well i remember we didn't have to deal with any of our usual issues so we were to kind be of far to, back for our typical show and we, we were still but even then yeah it was it was an amazing show next i'll talk about my favorite concert experience of 2023 and that was seeing taylor swift at the empower field in denver Colorado. So Adam, I have an important question to ask you. When are you going to stop worrying and learn to love Taylor Swift? <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm worrying. I, I don't think... I, I'm worried. In terms of, an, what, it, the image of being a Swifty or something like that? I don't know. I just feel like... I've got Taylor what, Swift songs I like. What's tough <laughs> is that Taylor Swift is such a megastar. Yeah. Arguably now the most famous musician, celebrity, maybe even alive. That people just assume her music is kind of pop and frivolous, but she's actually an incredible songwriter, lyricist, yep. all the above on top of her musicianship, her concerts, her performances, etc. Um, anyway, I just feel like whether or not we do it on this podcast, I think a, do, a deep dive for you is due yeah. for her music. I'm sure Listen, there are a lot of gems that I don't even know. Yeah, she's only been around f- 18 years or so. Hmm. Um, she's 10 albums and like so much material. Anyway. I mean, she is, regardless of what I think of her music, which is not negative, by the way, (laughs) um, she is so impressive. Yeah. What she is doing. I mean, feel free to go into it. Just like what this year has been for Taylor. It's been insane. Or the last couple of years is she's so, she is so powerful. (laughs) She is powerful. (laughs) Getting tickets to this concert was insane. Yeah, I mean, I take it... These are more Ticketmaster... Uh, I feel like we're talking about Ticketmaster a lot, this podcast, but like Ticketmaster crashed because of Taylor Swift for the first time. They crashed. Their servers crashed. This is the first time Ticketmaster ever Allegedly. crashed? Yeah. Huh. Like in a big way. Yeah. Um, this is one of those things where you have to be like a verified fan and you put in like your three favorite shows that you want the ability to maybe get a lottery <laughs> yeah, ticket to yeah. maybe potentially buy tickets right lottery, one of those lottery, things lottery. it's crazy um unfortunately last year all of her east coast states that were close to us whether it was jersey or philly or what have you i couldn't go to any of them because of different events we already planned or weddings or this that and the other but i was like there's no way i'm missing the eras tour right 
so I picked kind of three somewhat random Midwest, random to me as an East Coaster, random Assuming Midwest towns, just hoping one of them would there come through. There wouldn't be as much I would of just, a I would, demand, is that the idea? No, I just, I couldn't make the East Coast shows. Oh. So I had to just pick these random shows. Yeah. I kind of picked it based on the opener. I wanted to see uh, Muna. Mm-hmm. Um, I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I picked a few shows. I, I don't even remember. It was like Little Rock, Arkansas, like all these random-ish. Again, that sounds dismissive. But for me, places that I don't really have yeah. any connections to, um, I ended up getting the email saying, hey, we've selected you to try to get tickets at Denver. And I was like, I guess we're doing this. I ended up winning, again, the chance yeah. to do this. I was on the Ticketmaster website waiting in a queue. No exaggeration here. Eight hours. Somehow I was able to get myself out of work for yeah. this yeah, that worked, and that be out. on my computer for eight hours as the servers were crashing, as the internet was was in a tizzy trying to get these tickets things were crashing we wasn't sure if you were supposed to refresh or just stay in the queue or this that and the other it was so grueling at one point i gave up but i i I kept it on my phone i gave up and i literally went to a movie i was like this is ridiculous i'm never going to do this as the movie is starting all of a sudden i see oh my god little queue finally going and so I'm watching Terrifier 2, which is this insanely gory horror movie. I'm literally, I, <laughs> I get out of my seat to go to kind of like the edge of the theater behind the staircase. And I'm there. And all of a sudden I get these tickets. I get three tickets. I, I didn't um, know this. Yeah. Are you just like eyes kind of looking up? Yes, like, trying exactly. To watch I, still the have to, I have to rewatch the beginning <laughs> of Terrifier 2. Um, By the way, would you have done the ticket situation any other way? Do you think that this was the right way for the, for the high demand of Taylor Swift? Is there another way you, you would have... It's a good question. To be critical of Ticketmaster, but not really have a new solution. I, I don't know. It's it's a good point. I don't know. All right, think about it. <laughs> I'll think about it and get back to you. Um, to kind of bring this a little full circle, Taylor Swift is the new Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. She is playing three and a half hour concerts now. That's insane for a pop, yeah. quote unquote, pop concert. She's playing over 40 songs and she's doing what I have always wanted every one of the bands I love to do. We've talked about it before, even before this was, this Eras tour was announced. Anytime you and I are kind of like, oh, let's do dream set list. Maybe it's because I'm not that creative or maybe it's because what I truly want to see is a band kind of like dabbling through their discography kind of album by album. Yeah. Kind of get like three, let's, let's do Counting Crows as an example. Like three songs from August and Everything After and then four from Recovering and you kind of watch their progression in real time yeah. on stage. That's always been my dream. And Taylor Swift is doing it. She's she's doing it. I mean, she's not exactly going in order sure. of the albums. But you get a sprinkling of every era. You get a era, sprinkling of literally. every, quote, you know, every era of her discography. And again, she's not been around that long. Yeah. Um, but... To, to watch this happen in front of you, to not know which era is coming next, and mm-hmm. then the era happened, and to not know which song she was going to pull from that era. Not only that, but I don't know if some a lot of bands do this. Weezer kind of did this. Um, she every she's done like hundreds of shows at this point, and yeah. she's going to be playing through twenty twenty four. Every single concert, there's a section of the set list at between the eras where she, it's the surprise songs. Right, the set list is typically the same. And then you get two surprise songs. And she is literally going through her entire discography, like leaving almost no songs untouched, like the most random, deep cut, throwaway B-side. She will hit them. And so no one, every single show is exciting because the, literally those two songs you never know going to play. Yeah. Oh, she's going to play. Um, Were you able, by the way, to uh, dodge uh, knowing what the rest of the set list would be? 
Yes. Oh. I, I'm very proud of myself. Good for you. I mean, sometimes <laughs> like Stereogum would post like, plays this for the first sure, time, sure. but those were the surprise songs. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was disappointing sometimes with like one, some of my favorite Taylor Swift songs. I would see the title and be like, well, not seeing I'm not going to get that. I yeah. can see that one. But no, I didn't know the actual set list. Got it. That's cool. Um, like I said, because she's so huge and omnipresent, people, I think, tend to dismiss and forget. But this show was unbelievable. Her stamina to do a show like this every yeah. night, no, not every night, it's like three or four nights a week, for literally years, I just, I'm in awe of her. I mean, it was just incredible. I mean, I'm a huge fan, clearly, and mm-hmm. just seeing all these songs that I love. Like Springsteen, she was doing a lot of her big hits, but then she was playing stuff I never thought I'd hear. Like, these might not mean much to you, but maybe to our Taylor Swift fans. Hopefully I'm not ruining anything. Um, Tis the Damn Season, Tolerated August, Illicit Affairs, Midnight Rain, Mastermind, like all these kind of newer songs of hers that I never expected to hear was so special. What Um, what was the band set up? Um... For most of the show, the band was on the side of the back of the stage, so you could kind of see them, mm. but they had a big screen. It was a huge... But it really was more like a pop, like she so it, was solo and there was a lot of screen and that kind it of It kind of went, every single song kind of went back and forth. My favorite part of the show was actually when she was doing solo stuff, when she yeah. would just be her on the piano and you're like, oh my God, she's an incredible pianist. Yeah. Oh my God, she like knows how to play guitar and is incredibly powerful and emotive as just a solo person on stage. The pop stuff... I do love, but it's not my favorite uh, aspect of Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, so that would be my only complaint is that I wish she had more of those kind of solo moments to kind of really showcase um, her talents. Sure. But she's showcasing other talents as she's dancing and running around and belting and like unbelievable stage presence, vocal uh, tenacity, everything. I could go on. Um, this was an absolutely major cultural event i mean mm-hmm. i even went to see the movie version in imax <laughs> afterwards just to relive my life there That's awesome. i mean it's also crazy i've never been to a show where like every single person is in costume i don't know if you knew about everyone was dressing up whether it's like a little winky reference to like one throwaway song lyric and uh-huh. a song from 10 years ago every single person you're looking around like trying to decode what they're doing their mm-hmm. the huge friendship bracelets thing, which I thought was kind of weird and goofy, but actually was really sweet. Everyone came in like making bracelets and you trade them with other fans and you'd come away from your show with an arm full of like random people's bracelets that they made that are yeah. Taylor Swift. It's it's just it's a, it's a little bit phenomenon. of a cult. It's a little bit of this cultural phenomenon. It was just something to behold. And like I'll be able to tell my grandkids that like I went to the Eras tour, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. And finally, my number one favorite concert of 2023, Josh's number five. It made both of our lists seeing Weezer at Forest Hill Stadium in Queens, New York. so happy this is number one for you oh yeah it was such a long time coming we did a 14 album 13 episode podcast series and we did this all we recorded this in one day my roommates will never forgive me for kicking them out for 24 (laughs) hours but clearly we love weezer yeah not to co-opt your 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 thing here but it's yours it was really we love weezer despite the roller coaster yes we love them, and it was nice to be reminded of why we love them. Absolutely. As I probably mentioned on the podcast, I had only at that time seen them 
once, and it was at the Meadows Festival in 2017. And again, it was not a good experience. It was first of all, it was a festival set, so it was very greatest short. hit set. Medleys. Um, well, right? I wouldn't even. There were like right. Some of the songs I wanted to see were just thrown together in a medley. They played like "Feels Like Summer" and other ones that yeah, you know yeah. are on the lower end are the dips of that roller coaster we like to talk about and there was a blown out speaker that was right in front it was a bad experience and yeah i mean i already loved this band in preparation for the podcast that we released on them i i i just i know them so well Mm -hmm. they're like they're in my my bones and it felt so wrong that i hadn't seen like a worthwhile concert so again there was so much riding on this and they delivered yeah they delivered hard. so hard before even getting into the um the sort of set list or, or or weezer as a whole the concert i'm sure would have been even better if i was able to make joyce manor oh, because yeah. so again uh the openers yeah. for this tour were joyce manor and future islands and weird this, openers by the way or, or at least future islands future was. islands yeah definitely um, Joyce Manor, I didn't know at all. And you introduced me to, uh, the album 40 ounce to Fresno yeah. that came out last year that Andy introduced me to. There we go. Thank you, Andy. Andy. Um, and I really, I fell in love with that album yeah. this year. Uh, so it would have been amazing to see that. Um, and I only made it for two future Island songs. Um, I kind of have a man crush on the Joyce Manor singer songwriter, by the way. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I'm I don't know what he looks like. No. <laughs> Noted. Um, so anyway, that's just talking about i'm sure that would have put it even higher on my list but it still made it to number one let me go through the set list oh man start off with uh, this is weezer by the way (laughs) my name is jonas yeah first song off their first record a classic i believe was in my top five songs there maybe number one no it was number one but yeah uh number two beverly hills whatever we got it out of the way early (laughs) are you gonna go through the whole set yes (laughs) oh boy three return to ithaca i know was number three Part of the Future Scope trilogy. Yeah, like of, where did that of, come uh, from? Everything will be all right. Yeah, this instrumental. Then the Good Life, Pork and Beans, Pink Triangle oh from God. Pinkerton. What a deep cut. El Scorcho, and this is where, by the way, Snail Mail randomly comes on stage, yep. um, and she stays on to then sing. I just threw out the love of my dreams. One of the best Pinkerton B sides. Absolutely. And then going right from there to Blast Off. Oh, my God. I cannot. So many. I mean, I I have the same comments, which is that, like, this set list was insane. Yeah. Blast Off is, like, a a, a, from the. Blast Off (laughs) was part of Songs Songs from the Black Hole, the proto-Pinkerton album. So it's technically only been released as, like, a Rivers Cuomo demo. And they played it live. Uh, Yeah, I I don't. It was I would love to know. I w- I'm not complaining at all. I would love to know the thought process for the set list. Yeah. Um, after that, Undone, Classic. which was on my top five yeah. for Blue Album. Fa- okay, then this is the oh, Taylor Swift, the, you could say, uh, right. acoustic the surprise set where oh my God. just Rivers oh my solo God. singing Falling Josh's favorite song favorite. from Pinkerton. Yeah. Falling for you, so, and it sounded amazing. It Falling was amazing. for you has like a billion chords. It's very technically challenging, and Rivers. Killed it. It was crazy to see the skeleton of the song just on acoustic uh, with River. And then uh, Brian and um, Scott, thank you, come on to sing Suzanne. A blue B-side. Yes. Like they're playing outtakes. Also just like their harmonies. Oh man. It's like barbershop quartet. It goes into Only in Dreams, Closer from Blue, 
one of my favorite songs on that album. I know Andy's favorite song, I believe. Yeah, I cannot believe. Like again, we knew they were going to play the blue hits. They, we were they were, we were always going to hear Buddy Holly say it ain't so. Yeah. But to hear Only in Dreams and Surf Wax America, I believe yep. they also played. Yep. Not to spoil your nah, reading of the set list, but <laughs> but after Only in Dreams, the greatest man that ever lived. Yeah, why was this number five for me? I just remember <laughs> at the show every t- every time a new yes, song was coming on, we were like, like grabbing each believe, other, being like, uh, "Yeah, they're playing greatest man that ever lived." Yes, they're nine. These minute, are weird like, choices, yeah. but amazing. And admittedly, again, as I as I'll read right now, I think all of what we just said that already solidified it as number one. Mm. Um, then you get Island in the Sun, Perfect Situation, all my favorite songs, yeah. Say It Ain't So. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're getting into I mean, a little... Say It Ain't So is perfect. But... It was. Uh, the solo section of Run, Raven, Run, that was so random. I was a little disappointed there wasn't... I'm 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 quite a... <laughs> I'm a big seasons guy, <laughs> or at least autumn and winter, I think, yeah. are like some of the best music in a while. And by the way, for those who don't know, these are uh, EPs that uh, Weezer put yeah, out, I one mean, for we each season. Ha- we have not put a Weezer podcast yeah. out since black album and since then they've put out okay human van weezer and four of the season's eps anything else i'm missing no i mean no. i think we also need a, a a better dive into black album because that that's was true just like it had been out for like a week or two Ugh, that album's rough um, no songs from black no so and that's that, the other thing well, why don't you finish your thing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. hash pipe nah. thank you and good night speaking of seasons right. they did play that the Wasteland, once again, going back to the, the Future Scope trilogy, Surf Wax America, Buddy Holly. So again, for me, it dipped a little bit towards the end, but they had already, they won me over yeah. in the first half of their set. I mean, what's also crazy is their discography is so big. They have 16 albums at this point. We love this set list. And then I'm like, wait a second, they didn't play anything from White, which is like our second favorite album oh, by Weezer. Yeah, true. They didn't do any um, Maladroit. No yep. Ratitude, it's no true. Hurley, no Pacific Daydream, no Black, no Van they, Weezer. Like they really, thankfully, leaned into a lot of Pinkerton. They they leaned in, for I me. Mean, thankfully, it's like, always a debate. Yeah. People, people since the '90s were saying there's you know their best albums are Blue and Pinkerton. Debatable. We clearly put White up there right. just with the other two. Right. Um, you're every. I mean, with a band with such a big discography, you're always going to come away being like, wow, they didn't play this, didn't play that. But yes, the songs that they did pick, there were so many moments of. This is the best band. Yeah, I, I and love like, this band I never so thought much. I would see this. Like, I really didn't think I'd Another ever see thing this. Another thing I want to shout out, whoever did the stage production yes. of this show. Yes, thank it's you. It's a little hard to explain. It was as if, like we were talking about in 1975, they were like in, the ho- in a house. Weezer has this setup as if they're playing on the dashboard yep. of a car. And then the screen behind them essentially acted as as the front um, windshield the front windshield of the car and so there's all these fascinating and amazing, amazing visuals really visuals sometimes i find visuals yeah. distracting i agree um in the background especially if it's just like this is cool video footage we shot this yeah. kind of works with the song during the weezer set there were so many um like animated uh projections happening where it was all tons of weezer references yes yeah, you're, you're reminding me of that Easter right eggs now flying yeah. by it's hard hard for me to explain right it's like all these like fast like faux fast food chain <laughs> yes. like signs but that are all little inside weezer references weezer jokes. it just made like obviously you're watching the band and loving the band and loving the music and then also you're glancing up and seeing like a you know inside jokes every second flying by you it just made me so happy to be there and to be a weezer fan and just like again just this is why I love Weezer. Yeah, I mean, this and, is... and 
with that sort of stage production, there were two levels. So all the band members, for the most part, were like constantly moving around. River was up top for a while. Did I say River? Yes. (laughs) Rivers was up top for a while and he came down. It was just it again made for an overall, you know, spectacle and experience outside of just the the music. Rivers also just seemed so happy. Yeah. Like he was feeding off the energy. You could tell when he would like do a solo and look out and he was like, you could just see him smiling and just being so happy. They also sounded perfect. They did. Like they really did. They really did. 30 years on. The last time I had seen them was, no, I actually saw, I saw them at a festival set like you at Boston Calling. Mm -hmm. But before that, Andy and I saw them at the White Album release, which again, White Album. Was that like Bowery Ballroom or something? It was at Warsaw. That's insane. It was incredible. And obviously, White is one of my favorite Weezer albums. Tragic they didn't play any white. But again, yeah. that's nitpicking. We both absolutely love this concert. And um, I mean, oh, one thing we didn't mention was just briefly, in was it a year or two ago, Weezer had planned to do a Broadway residency. Oh, my, right. We can't really get into it. Maybe in the next Weezer podcast. But they were planning to do a different show in a Broadway theater every night playing their entire season, like one of their season's EPs, and then picking from their entire discography songs that they felt met the season. And the set list leaked for what those shows were going to be like. And it was like, yeah, if these shows happened and we went to every one of them, yeah. they would be the best. No, it, it would was be the one best. of those things that we... All five shows all, yeah, we would have been to the to top five them. concerts. That's true. Anyway, love you, Weezer. <laughs> And lastly, I just want to give, you know, a few shout outs to some honorable mention uh, concerts. Um, Caroline Rose, she put out an album this year um, that was a bit of a slow burn, but I got into it. And again, put on a great show at Webster Hall. Um, Nickel Creek, um, who we will likely be talking about um, in a future episode. I saw them at College Street Music Hall with Mm -hmm. uh, Spencer, our brother-in-law, who we just talked about with Kings of Convenience, also put on an amazing show. Um, Death Cab for Cutie slash Postal yeah, Service. It's on my list too. Um, well, feel free to jump in. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Death Cab and Postal Service were doing like this joint 20th anniversary tour because both Transatlanticism, the Death Cab album, and Give Up, the Postal Service album, were both turning 20 years old. And some people have mixed feelings about like anniversary shows. If it's a if it's an album I love, I'm all in. Yeah. Like, and Transatlanticism, I still think is Death Cab's best album. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome to see all those, and, and it felt very, very unique in that. Again, that year, well, I guess it was uh, two thousand three, yeah. was such a year for Ben Gibbard. The oh, fact yeah. that both of these albums came out at the same time. And he's aware. I've read interviews where he's like, he "That was, was the that most was creative. Like my best, yeah, that was my that was my best album. This is my most creative year in my life." But to be able to see that back to back, also Lauren Mayberry opening opened, that, which was well, awesome. You know what we haven't done. Maybe we can talk about it at the end of this podcast. What we're looking forward to in 2024. Because I am looking forward to Lauren Mayberry yeah. of Church's, her solo album. Because yeah. that was an excellent opening. Yes, act. all of the songs that she played yeah. were great. Um, we mentioned John Mayer, you know, at Madison Square Garden. Uh, it was just such a treat to see just the man and his guitar. Yeah. Which is what it was. It was an acoustic uh, So talented. Show. At times playing guitar and piano at the same time. Yep. Yeah, it was awesome. Everything, everything. Oh yeah, uh, that which, was hard to leave off my list. Actually. I know. Same. It was. It was potentially going to be number five. Um, I think the only reason it wasn't was that there are so many everything, everything songs that I love, and just they didn't play. I mean, it was. It was a solid set list. Uh, like, there was nothing wrong with it. They sounded amazing. They played Cold Reactor, which was the first oh, time yeah. we heard that, which was a single that came out this year from yes, an album that'll be coming out next year. Um, 
that was a great one. Uh, the 1975 was on my honorable mentions yeah. list. Um, I also saw Slaughter Beach Dog right. at Webster Hall. They put out a new album this year. I don't really know them that well. But I need to get into them because I am and was a huge modern baseball fan. And it's just so different. Well, then maybe I won't like it as much. But, uh, but I, th- still, I, think I think you'd still be into should, it, but it's crazy. I should still explore them. Um, and then lastly, uh, Rat Boys. I saw Rat Boys twice this year. Um, oh. Most recently... Uh, on December 12th, it was very recently, um, at Baby's All Right. Very intimate, amazing. I will likely be talking about Rap Boys also later, um, but that was a very special show. So were my honorable mentions. There were a few bands that I saw for the first time. Um, Black Country, New Road, like we just spoke about. Yep. Um, Depeche Mode. I at one point was like, I'm going to put Cure and Depeche Mode in the same ranking, and then I, <laughs> I knew you'd be annoyed, so I didn't. But seeing Depeche yeah, Mode... Yeah, that would have been bad. <laughs> similarly, a band that over the last five plus years I've gotten crazy into, also thanks to Sean, my 80s shaman. Um, that was a great show. saw them in Philly. Uh, first Aid Kit. Now, you actually had to leave that show early. Yeah, that was a bummer. But they were on the top five for a long time awesome. because the there's something about their harmonies. Yeah. Every song, even if it's a song that I'm not in love with, it just, everything is elevated. They are just so pure and perfect. The band was incredible. I just, I love that show. That was actually in Radio City, which is kind of a big place for them and a a big place in general to see kind of a folk duo. Yeah. And Weather Station opened, by the way. Right, and Weather Station opened, which made our number one. Who was at least my, was it yours as well? I think it was my number three or something. Yeah, it was number uh, one. It was on our top uh, live shows from a couple years ago. Or last year. Um, I saw Japanese House for the first time this year, which was incredible. I we will be talking about. I'm so pissed that I didn't go you, to that. And I, I was free that up, night. I just didn't. I just didn't know. Yeah, it. I just that didn't was. I mean, you know what's point. funny? I wasn't free. I was like on call that night for work, and I went in my scrubs because I had to see the show. Um, and the smile, which we touched on, which is Johnny Greenwood and Tommy York's new Radiohead quote unquote side project. Yeah. Um, that was a special show, honestly. Just kind of watching a new band essentially be formed and playing new music that I thought was excellent. Yeah. And these amazing artists sort of get to very obviously like express something that I don't know, they felt like they weren't able to do with this other project. Another album I'm looking forward to in 2024, their next album is coming out in a few weeks, actually wall of eyes. Um, For other bands, again, I'll quickly go through blink 182. We spoke about was on my honorable mentions list. Again, love them to death converge. I don't get enough. I don't get to talk about. Yeah kind of the heavier side of sure. my musical listenings <sighs> there's nothing to say converge is just like the heaviest math core metal core music and i hadn't seen them since 2017 they actually haven't put out a new album since then they, they did a side project thing but um i've just never been so happy just like i was there alone Where'd with all them? the olds down in starland ballroom okay um I actually left before the uh, the main act, which was Botch, which is another band I liked. Oh, that was were so high on Converge. I just it was hard to explain. I was so happy. I just left. I just like sure. needed to end it yeah. there. It's it's hard to explain. And George Costanza, leave on a high note. Uh, yes. <laughs> Madison Cunningham, I saw again. Oh right, I um, and she's that, perfect. We don't need to discuss further. We that maybe that was my number one of last year. Oh, right. Yeah, that was also on mine, and that yep. was one of my favorite albums. Uh, I had Death Cab. I had Everything to Everything. Jessica Hoop, we saw yes. early in the year. Yeah, she is first a year. mystical, loving, or weirdo. lovely weirdo, <laughs> but she makes incredible Yeah, music. that was the first show I ever saw at uh, LPR. Yeah. Uh, Rufus Wainwright, who actually, I believe, made my show list last year, so I didn't want to do him again, but yeah. he put on an unbelievable show. We'll be talking about Rufus later on in the series. Um, and then finally, a special shout-out to seeing Evan Stevens Hall 
you know, rest in peace, Pine Grove, Don't even one of, if not our favorite band. Yeah. Uh, Evan Stevens Hall, the lead singer songwriter, put on a solo show at Mercury Lounge and just to see. Why didn't I go? I don't know. What's, I don't what's know. What's wrong with me? I, there's a lot wrong with you. Um, <laughs> that was incredible. Not only did he play a bunch of Pine Grove classics, if you will, but also crazy deep cuts. And then he performed a bunch of new songs, one of which I'm obsessed with and I've watched like a YouTube video of, of like 10 times, 20 times. Um, anyway, special shout out to him and Pine Grove. Uh, we hope they come back. But yeah, that was our 2023 in concerts. Uh, great year for shows. Saw like over 50, which yeah. is insane. I usually count. I forgot to this time. <laughs> it's but. okay. Uh, <laughs> a lot of good stuff to, to pour through there. <laughs>